Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Namaste, Yoga Revealed Podcast. Alec Vishal Rubin here, coming to you with next level conversations around yoga, lifestyle, and what is going on in the world today and how we as yogis can and have the opportunity to show up. I'm excited to introduce to you a humble man, a kind father, and a wise teacher of yoga, Ryan Weir. Ryan is one of the most well-known yoga teachers in Canada and founder of One Yoga. He is a true lion. I met Ryan in 2017 as I dove deeper into my studies with Eddie Modestini on Maui. He has a practice that is deeply devoted and it is seen through this discussion that we share. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. Namaste, Yoga Revealed podcast. I am so grateful and blessed to be here with you. This is Alec Michelle Rubin coming live from Boulder, Colorado. And I am so grateful to have a dear friend who I've witnessed over the last several years. As many of you know, I have dove very deep into practice with Eddie Modestini. And one day this epic yogi walks in the room with a beard down to his belly button and a man bun and he just puts a face mask on a face wrap on and goes in the inversion swing and he stays there for like what seemed like an hour and then I met him later and I was just like oh my god who is this man I'm so inspired Ryan Lear he is I gotta big him up he's one of Canada's best and well-known vinyasa yoga teachers. He's studied with incredible, incredible teachers on this planet. One of them being Eddie. And Ryan, I'm so grateful to have you here, bro, and talk yoga, share the lifestyle, and just hear your beautiful heart, man. Welcome to Yoga Revealed today, bro. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here. Good Mm -hmm. to see you again after these six months. 
Yeah. We were together uh, in March right when COVID hit and then boom, home. So it's nice to see your face again and happy, healthy, practicing as you do. And I have so much respect for for you and your journey, Ryan. I uh, I look up to you, brother, and I'm I'm so grateful for the the yogi that you are and the the kind-hearted soul that you are. And you know, Ryan, one of the first questions that we always ask everyone, all the yogis on this podcast, is how did yoga first reveal itself to you in your life? Oh yeah, well yeah, man. Thanks for those kind words, Alec. Um, Yoga, yoga revealed the first time I remember hearing about yoga was in high school in a religious studies course I was doing, like an intro to world religions. And we took a section on Hinduism and, and on Buddhism. And, you know, I was introduced to it through the meditation. And then in university, I dove a little deeper into, took some Tibetan Buddhist courses and religious studies and nonviolence. So those yeah yoga came to me through school wow just through college Up here in saskatchewan <laughs> swift flowing river saskatoon saskatchewan wow and and <laughs> through discovering it in school and you know diving into just the the internal spaces of meditation Gosh, I mean, when, when did the journey begin for you where you were like, okay, asana and then teachers and like, whoa, there are these deeper layers of teachers that I, that we get a opportunity to discover for, our, for ourselves, you know, t- t- take us on a journey a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is, I kind of like, I'm a Leo, dude. I like talking about myself. <laughs> yeah, this is all about you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for being interested. Yeah, I, you know. Okay, so I did the 10 class pass with a old school kind of like dance Iyengar teacher, a nice fusion of the two. And I really liked it, but I was really into basketball. And then um, it was on my mind, a really sweet friend, my friend Dawit, told me about it. And then, you know, I hurt my shoulder playing hoops, dislocated, it kept going out. And in the off season, I had to use, I used yoga to rehab it. And during that off season, I went through some pretty deep, well, yeah, like dark mental struggles with my mental health and a pretty dark suicidal depression. And I went to the library one day when it got bad. I told my sister, like, I'm just trying not to jump out the window. I said that to her and then I realized I was in deep trouble, you know. So I went to the library and I found Journey into Power with Baron Baptiste and Light on Yoga from... Um, Mr. Iyengar. And so I took them home and I really started practicing. And then I realized it was helping me on all mental and physical and of course, spiritual. And then I took a weekend workshop with Father Joe Pereira, a Catholic priest who studied with Iyengar over 30 years and who also worked really close with Mother Teresa. He says, Jesus is the Shishumnam Nadi and Iyengar and Mother Teresa are the Ida and Pingala. And so, you know, he he took me deep one weekend and kind of like put me in a backbend over the chair where I just kind of broke open, dude. And I didn't I didn't know that yoga had that power to heal like the emotional stuff. And so mm-hmm. after that weekend, I decided I, I was going to dedicate myself. 
and I haven't looked back. Wow, man. I just got serious chills and chicken skin over <laughs> my whole body because I feel like those who have dove into this practice have had some kind of revelating experience and some pose. And for you, it was, you know, it sounds like Viparita Dandasana in a backbend with some kind of epic setup with chairs and bolsters and blocks and the whole nine, right? And I'm curious, can we navigate just a little, take a few steps back and through the challenge of life that had presented itself to you and that, you know, I think at some point each human being will have an opportunity to go into, you chose to use the tool of, of yoga and, and like to go within yourself. And, and what was it about seeing this revelation in this backbend that you were like, I'm, I'm here, I'm devoted to this. What was this? What was it? What, what, can you just, can we navigate that a little more? Like, what did you want to devote to? And like, why was that backbend? Why was it that weekend that transformed what would be the next, what, decade plus of your practice? Yeah, yeah you know, so I'm over that chair and he's talking us through it. And I'm with like all these ladies who are way older than me and they're just over the chair chilling. And I'm like, I was no exaggeration 30 pounds heavier like lifting weights super like strong and very ego not that i don't have ego now but very ego then and so i'm over this chair and i'm suffering in it man and there's like i'm for a moment i'm angry and then i'm like sad and then i want to run and he's kind of like talking us through it and as he's talking us through it it, it felt like he was speaking right into me. And that's how I feel with some of these great teachers. It's like there's a group of 30 people, but it's hitting you right in the center of your your chest, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, he's kind of talking us through this and he's like, and now you're going to want to run. And I did want to run out the pose and I wanted to scream and I just stayed in it. And then I had like a, I don't know how long it was, bro, but I was crying for probably half an hour, just sobbing. And, you know, it was the first time I was able to move that energy. And I was just like, I felt, well, it doesn't sound corny because it's a yoga reveal podcast, but I I felt like I was, something was cleansed. And I was like, Mm. whatever this practice and this man gave to me right now, I want to share it with everybody. Because I was studying at that time before... I played like semi-professional basketball for a few years. And when I was in school, I wanted to be a teacher. And so once I got deep into basketball, I thought I'd be a coach. So I always wanted to guide kids like and high school kids in particular and teach and serve them as a coach. And then I was like, Oh my God, this could be my path. I want to do what he's doing. Cause it was like, he was teaching physical work but it was also like mental and it was also super spiritual, which I didn't have a, a great access point to spirituality. I meditated, but I didn't, I wasn't able to tune into, to that. Wow. Wow. And so it sounds like father Joe Pereira was one of your first teachers. Like yeah. physical, you, physical form teachers. Yeah. Patricia Dewar. And then, Father Joe Prayer, she said, you got to come and meet this guy is coming from India. And I trusted her, thankfully, and went to see him. And then 
it's be it's been a relationship for probably 15 years and i see him at least once a year sometimes twice went down to see him man this this guy has 60 centers around india called kripa which is grace in sanskrit where he heals people he serves people the poorest of the poor mother Teresa gave him her centered and so he teaches 12-step and yoga to hiv aids patients and a lot of drug and alcohol addictions he's he's brilliant dude you you love him wow i i really look forward to studying with him as well and practicing with him and you one day and i'm sure eddie will be there and i'm curious for you from meeting father joe at what point in time like where did your path from studying there like how did you want to be like okay i'm gonna i want to teach this i want to do this and i'm going to do this like what were those next steps for you of continuing your study of studentship and maybe meeting other teachers along the way and when did eddie come into the picture and then like I mean, you're, you're so humble and so sweet and you're like the most famous Vinyasa yoga teacher in Canada, man. Like I've seen you on the TV. Like how did that happen? How did that happen based on your own studentship? Like that's, you studied, like what, what happened for you after that weekend to dive deeper and how'd you actually do it? Yeah. Well, thanks again for the kind words. I'm like, um, so I found, so I was going to go back to Iceland where my roots are and play another season of basketball. And then I thankfully could get this. I had a, I had my daughter was like two or three and I could get this like government grant where I could do training skills, training benefit from the government of Canada. Yeah. Canada, Canada, you, all you Americans out there, there's still lots of room here. We need some real yogis. Um, so, so, um, I got this, this thing to do an Iyengar teacher training, the, the money and the support to do it. Cause I didn't, I still don't have much, but I didn't have much at all. Then government paid me to take yoga teacher training. And they also got me to 2006 Baron Baptiste, um, level one training in Hawaii. So I, I signed up for this Iyengar training and this Baptiste training and, Patabi Joyce was in San Francisco at that time. So me being from Saskatchewan in February, I thought San Francisco was like LA and the beach and hot. So all I brought was shorts. I froze my ass off, but I got to do a couple of weeks with, um, with Mr. Joyce. And, you know, and then I did my Baptiste training that's at the same, like in the same time there as I was doing this Iyengar training. So I just jumped into studies and then I've never stopped. And, mm. you know, and then in 2008, my parents convinced me I didn't want to go to Maui because I thought Maui was kind of like Florida. I don't know. And so they conv- they got my, Kai and I, my daughter, who just finished her teacher training. I'll talk more about that after. Awesome. It was amazing. Um, but so I went to Maui and... I saw an article in Yoga Journal about this couple, Eddie and Nikki, and they had Wicked Playlists. And so I went there and they weren't there, but Krishna Das was leaving the studio. So I was like, oh, this must be a legit studio. And then I came back the next day, my parents dropped me off and I took my first class with those two. And that Franti was there. He sang in Shavasana and I got hooked, man. And then I went back I did over a thousand hours with Eddie and Nikki 
And then I've been spending a lot of time with Eddie since then and a bit of time with Nikki. And Maya Yoga was such a great training for me to get humble and to realize how much work I had to do and to learn about the the magic of yoga. And like those guys took me deep into the Iyengar yoga and into Ashtanga and the Vinyasa and the philosophy. Yeah. I love those two so much, man. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Wow. That is a really cool story about Krishnas and Franti. And, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful that you and I have had some time in the Maya yoga studio on Maui and that's so sweet that you really felt that studying with them humbled you to see like the iceberg of yoga and how it's just infinitely into the cosmos of how much we get to learn. And uh, I love that. And that's so cool that your daughter has dove into a teacher training as well. Yeah, man. Those, I was just, somebody read a Picasso quote to me the other day saying like, Basically, I'll just paraphrase, like, we teach our children two, two makes four in the capital of France, but who's teaching them that they're marvels, like, that they're incredible, like, and that's what my daughter has taught, like, she is my teacher, and it was so cool, man, to see her taking interest in yoga and asking me questions and, like, doing her her own practice and watching her explore, and she can she's got a gymnastics and then dance background. So her asana is incredible. And the cool thing is her lifestyle, like she's such a little yogi man with the, with the kindness and with the truthfulness. And I just got to get her um, a little bit off the Instagram. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. These, these, uh, these phones are kind of crazy. They really are. I, I, I like what you said, you know, the, the lifestyle of the yogi and how your daughter takes on like the kindness and just the sweetness. And a question just came up for me. What, what, what does it mean to you, Ryan, to be a yogi in 2020? What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What is that? Yeah, I'm feeling with this whole movement with social justice the indigenous people up here getting a voice the black lives matter movement i'm looking at yogis as like social activists and i'm realizing that so much of the yoga thing is about postures and posing and posturing and so much i'm this like i love you and and um but I, not, but I want to, I'm like, there's a lot of yogis on this call. I, or on this, that'll be watching this cause it's yogis, mm-hmm. but there's so many yogis who aren't practicing yoga. They're just like being more judgmental, more intolerant. And like yoga, we got to be careful with yoga, man. The yamas and the niyamas come before the postures. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, I just, I don't know. I've, I'm kind of disenchanted in a way with, how yoga has become 
bikini. And no offense to people, like I like to wear short shorts practicing yoga. You know the Iyengar shorts. I like to have no shirt on when I practice, but it's become like bikini beach yoga. And I feel like we're doing yoga disservice if we don't let people know that it's for everybody. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for old people, what's the Pradipika say? Um, yoga is for the young, the old, the extremely old, the sick, and the healthy. Mm. You know, not for the lazy, but it's even for the lazy. Uh, not for the lazy, but it's for the lazy. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a rant. I don't know where I... No, I think, dude, I think that this is, this is the, this is the point, you know, I love having more difficult conversations around what does it mean to be a yogi, especially during this time. Right. And, and yeah, you're, you're right. I think that when it comes down to watching our judgments and remembering that yamas and niyamas come before the postures could you, let's just say someone's listening to this podcast and they're fairly new to yoga and they're like, what are the yamas and niyamas? What, what oh, are the cool. yamas and niyamas to you? So you know how the samurai have a samurai code? The yamas and niyamas to me are like the yogi code and Patanjali, mm-hmm. the compiler or the guy who put the teachings together from the ancient teachings kind of put them as five and five. And I've seen them in other books like the Yagna Velkia is 10 and 10, but basically a code of ethics or a moral code to be free and to be at in peace. And to so how we treat ourselves and other people. So the Yamas, Niyamas, um, Ahimsa, Satya, Steya, Brahmacharya, Parigraha, Shaucha, um, Santosha, Tapas, Svadhyaya, Ishvara, Pranidhana. So it's basically... Be kind, always remember to be kind and be kind. So that's ahimsa is uh, take away himsa violence. So nonviolence or on the positive side, like what did Jesus teach? Unconditional love, the Buddha taught compassion, like the heart of any spirituality. And that's the Mahavrata, the great vow of the yogi is, is ahimsa. And then satya is to be truthful without hurting people though. And then asteya to stop stealing. I love how I anger. Okay, and then brahmacharya to... have reverence creative force um, of parigraha not to hoard things or to be greedy. And then shaucha is cleanliness. Um, Santosha is acceptance, just as things are. There's Tony DeMello, one of Father Joe's teachers, he said for um, Santosha, don't change. Change is the enemy of love. Love yourself just as you are and all change will take place. It's kind of beautiful way of acceptance. And then tapas to, um, well, Yin yang, it's some the doing, the willpower and the cleansing, like it literally means to blaze or to burn, to purify. And then Svadhyaya to know thyself, what did Aristotle say? Know thyself. And then Ishvara Pranidana to surrender to God, or if you don't believe in God, to be available and to be like to learn. And I love how Baron Baptiste described it. He said, Be like Moses at the Red Sea, realize you're in over your head by yourself and give it up to God, you know. And then there's another five and five, but we don't go into those. I love it. That's a nice little like wormhole. I, <laughs> Thanks I, for I asking. That. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important. You know, it's important. Those those are the heart of to me. They're the heart of yoga. And there's lots yes. of yogis who aren't like nurses or 
who are more yoga practitioners than a lot of people who can do all the gymnastics, you know? Although I love the gymnastics and the challenging postures. Yeah, I, so I love that. Bit of a pose too. Uh oh. Uh, yeah, we're back. Oops. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Wow, that's a beautiful little download on the yamas and niyamas and remembering that it is important to hold that posture of internal morality right and not to put our 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 need to be in the pose before how we treat another human being right that's kind of the essence of of what i'm hearing and 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 really embodying and integrating you know what this eight limb path is teaching and seeing from where it begins and to never forget where we come from you know, I mean, I look back at myself from my first yoga practice to a very short baby step of 10 years later and to see where I am now and how much work I still have to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, that's, that's awesome, right? I, I love it so much, man. And yeah. So, you know, what, what is it that you what is it that you teach now? And like, what's your practice look like? And what are you up to in the world with with yoga during like these COVID times, what is, what is yoga looking like for you these days? I've become a zombie, man. Yeah. I've been teaching and, and studying on zoom a fair bit. Um, I went into teaching a little less than usual and into back into my practice, thankfully. Mm. And I'm usually on the road traveling like for years, man, I've just been bouncing around. So this COVID has given me a chance to really get grounded in my own practice. And thankfully, I've had a chance to to study and to, I led one 200-hour teacher training that was so incredible because Kaya was there. And I was also blown away. It's usually like between 30 and 60 people, but this time it was like, 15, 16 people, and we could get everybody on one screen. And I felt like I really got to know the yogis and it became like a friendship rather than uh, I'm the teacher, you're the student. It became like a relationship, which I feel is has been missing for me in terms of some of this becoming like a traveling circus yoga teacher. So it's cool that I feel like I made some friends in yoga this summer and it's really special. That's been such a gift with, you know, with somebody like Eddie and Nikki, they've become like dear friends and teachers. And it's so nice to have a real relationship besides just on the mat. Right. And just in the yoga room. I feel that. And I, I agree for years and years I had prayed for, a senior teacher to come into my life and to take me on and to also like, let like share life. I really resonate with that. And I'm, I'm celebrating that for you, man. That's so cool that you got to connect with a group of people over zoom and the zoom lifestyle now is definitely a growing uh, thing for sure. And I'm curious for you, what, what does it mean to you to be a teacher? And what do you feel like, like to the yoga teachers that are listening now and who are fresh to their journey of like one to three years into teaching yoga, 
what do you feel like is what determines a good teacher? Like a present teacher. What do, what do, what do you think? Yeah. Because you've studied with some pretty incredible yoga teachers and students on the path of like, what, three, four decades of devotion plus. So, you know, you, you've had a lot of experience with really yeah. quality teachers. What does it mean to you to be a good teacher? I feel good teacher students like really cares if they get it or not and is kind of like serving them rather than serving themselves. Um, you know what really blew me away with Iyengar? Thank, thankfully, I got to spend a month and a half at the Institute and um, I just showed up and Eddie told me to go to the library every day and I did my practice and was in the library every day. And eventually he finally taught me. I told I had a dream that he had, he told me to come there. And so I told him about the dream. He, he turned his head and I kept coming back for a month. And then he finally taught me. And this, a couple of the things that really blew me away, the, the main thing that blew me away as I think about it now is he was in that room at 94 years old, practicing about two and a half hours a day on his mat. He was in the library writing letters and books and who knows what else he was doing. He was so disciplined. And there was one moment where he was, one of his senior teachers was in the room with one of her students. And he's teaching this action in Garudasana, eagle pose in the leg. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was the calf or the Achilles, the tendon of Achilles. And um, he's like, tells everybody to use the wall for support or one of the pillars and the senior teacher didn't use the support because she'd been with him 45 years or 40 for 40 something and he's like so and so you need to learn from judy who is in front of her listening to what i said and then he said you think you're a senior teacher and this is like, he was not humble very often, but this was the one time I heard him become humble. He said, I'm a junior teacher, but I'm a senior st- student. And that's why I can teach you. So the guy was still exploring his practice at 94. And I see all these young yoga teachers and I've been there. I'm pretty old now, but when I was younger and just thinking that we, that I had it figured out and so there's like, what does Eddie and Nikki say? They say, the moment you have it all, think you have it all figured out, you get squashed like a bug. So I'd say to these young teachers, like, it's an infinite practice and study. And the moment you stop being a student, you're in deep trouble because the energy of yoga, I don't know if it has room to flow. If If there's no, I feel like we need to, practice if we're going to preach you know and so what father joe said to one of my friends wanted to do a teacher training and he wrote back this is like beginning of my yoga trip and he said well he shouldn't be teaching unless he's practicing twice as much in hours as he's teaching and he needs a two and a half year daily practice before he should even think about teaching and no like i've I've been (laughs) there man where we're trying to do the yoga teacher hustle and it's like okay i need to teach this many classes and so then we just stop i just would stop practicing and teach and then burn out i burn out so many times like hospitalized burnout man 
So I'm, wow. I, my yoga is very much like another Eddie quote from my Iyengar. I used to play, but now I stay. I stay mm. in the inversions. I do a lot of pranayama. It's like breath centered. And my teaching mm. now is way more accessible. It used to be more fancy poses and show off for me to show what I could do. But now it's more like trying to make it so my mom can be chill in class and my daughter can have fun. Like try mm. to teach to Balance. whoever is there. And within that, I'm trying to open the door for like for the indigenous people in Canada who don't get it. People like are still yeah it's still messed up here so i'm trying to make it accessible and get it to mm. communities up north where they had they don't have access mm. wow and i feel like we got if we're going to teach yoga we got to remember that um i just watched this document i'm just talking dude exactly cool? i love it i love it cool. yeah keep going i love it <laughs> i watched this documentary about Krishnamacharya and BNS Iyengar and there was a line in there that I took a screenshot of because it said in Krishnamacharya's day yoga used to be available for free to the public not private lessons but public lessons were free so I'm trying to make it accessible and by donation when possible and trying not to be a businessman and just trying to be a yogi and stick mm. to my practice and and I've made so many mistakes, man, by with being greedy and with being getting angry. So I'm just like trying to purify myself and and yeah. evolve and and mm. and you know be a yogi rather than a businessman. Yeah, man. You know, one of the quotes that really um, changed my life as a a student and a teacher, holding the frame of you know teach what you practice and practice what you teach, right? I had heard Eddie always say, like, teach people. Like, Eddie will say, he teaches people. He doesn't teach a sequence. He doesn't teach just the pose. He's teaching the person and, you know, transmitting these self-reliant healing tools so said individual can take those tools, use them, put it to work, and do their own healing work. And I hear you making that, like, that has become so much from like, I'm with you. I used to, if I, if I had to take my own class seven years ago, I'd throw a block at my face. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> you know, like, the poses that I taught were very uh, unaccessible other than for my small little Indian body and a few people in the room. And then I met Eddie and I love that. You know what I anger says, I used to play. Now I stay and going inside, you know, like, I love it. It is that yoga on the inside journey, right? Um, yeah. That's awesome. I love your your poses, man. I'm just, <laughs> I love watching you practice. I'm just like, damn, am I ever going to be able to do that? Yeah. It's, it's amazing, dude. You've done a lot of work. Mm, thank you. And it's also like, it's one of my greatest challenges. Like I'm working with one of my dear brothers and best friends right now. He's my cranial sacral work, his, his sacral body work. His name is also Alec and him, Eddie and I were in my yoga room downstairs and I've got this awesome yoga room, you know, with my Patanjali and all my props and the library's there. And, and we're working on getting him. He can't currently go into downward facing dog. 
And so Eddie's like, okay, Alec, what's the next best move? And Eddie's teaching me to try to learn how to teach this man who literally can't lean over, can't go into Parjvottanasana, pyramid pose. And what's the next best move? And, Eddie, and I said, box on the wall. And he was like, good. But, you know, this box on the wall is not even 90 degrees from my brother. It's, it's a very like acute angle and we have to work him into the pose. And, you know, it's, um, it's a challenge and it's also the greatest opportunity, as Eddie's told me. That's what's going to make me a great teacher is when I learn how to teach the person who can't do the pose and to figure out what's the most accessible means to get them. Because I'm with you. I want to be able to have the class to be able to teach him and to ha- teach my mom and to teach my other friend who wants to have fun like your daughter. And how do we do that in an integral way? It's not easy when you got 20 people in the class, man, and you're good at it. And, and so is Eddie. And, and yeah, we're, we're blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, dude. Oh, thanks. Yeah, dude. It's so nice to have Eddie there because whenever I get somebody who has an issue, like any kind of anatomy stuff, and I don't know too much about anatomy and about healing people. So I'm just like, Eddie, what do I do? This person has a slip disc. What poses should I start with? Yeah, I do the same thing. He's cool to have a mad scientist there. <laughs> he, Eddie is the bad yogi for both of us. I, I love that so much. And we're both on the learning journey. And that's so cool that, you know, I'd love, could you share more about um, what you're doing with the indigenous journey up in Canada? And like, what's the situation up there? And how are you? Like, it sounds like you're, you have a really strong voice and you've got a platform to be able to make a difference up there. Like what, could you share a little bit? It's coming man, slowly, but surely here on Treaty six territory. And I was so blessed two years ago to get invited to be on the faculty for the indigenous yoga association. So I've been going up North and going to sweat lodge and going to ceremony and connecting with elders for years and years and it's been a major part of my my life and my spiritual growth and practice and um we started a nonprofit called vinyasa yoga for youth to try to get to kids before into trouble so a big part of that movement of vinyasa yoga for youth is to get teachers up to the north but now it's become like each one teach one so we're trying to get some of the kids we've taught to become teachers and we're bringing teachers from up there and thanks in large part to lululemon i know there's a lot of lululemon haters out there but man they've been so supportive of this movement to getting yoga up in the north in canada and I've collaborated with Native Strength Revolution in the U.S. You would love Kate Jenkins, who started that. You and her should jam. And, you know, it's like up here, The it's not like things are that, I don't know. I don't know if people have this view of Canada as this anti-racist, beautiful haven. It's It's like the... Indigenous people and the white people, it's almost like segregation in Alabama in the 60s. It's not as epic as people think it is. There's so much work that needs to be done and so much reconciliation and so much healing. And so I'm just trying to use the energy that I have to try to to try to make things 
um, right and to, and to really re- give respect and reverence to these people who have been disrespected for so long. It's cool, man, hanging with the indigenous people up here. It's like immediately you drop into this truth, like this. It's it's beautiful. I, my brothers and sisters up here are amazing. I, I would recommend anybody who put it out there that you want to get into a sweat lodge and get to ceremony and go to the round dances, go to the community centers. And yeah, there's a lot of work to be done. Mm. That is so sweet that you're you're sitting with them and, and sweat lodge is powerful. I've, I've sat on sweat lodge on some Native American land and had some profound cleansing, exhausting, and just deep revelations. And that's so awesome, Brian, that you're getting yoga into the indigenous cultures up there in the north, man. That is that's a blessing. Thank you for for all that work, dude. I'm sure that is deep. Yeah. I'm sure the the I'm sure the sutras Thanks, and the brother. threads run really deep in it's that. It's so cool and mm. exactly that's what I was going to say. They're so intertwined and connected, and the grandfather teachings are this so similar about being humble and respectful and kind. All these things, yeah. And I feel like there's an indigenous connection to yoga that goes way, way, way back. Yeah, mm. I feel that. So, Ryan, what what feels most alive for you during this time? You know, like what's what's most alive from you day to day, and uh, as you're practicing, where's your where, where where are you? Yeah, what's most alive for you? Um, you know what I started to come to and is that I actually if I do this practice every day it kind of like changes my vibration so if I do it it works so what's what's real and alive to me is when I've during this six months I've taken a break near earlier in COVID I just kind of got away from the dedication to the practice. And I really started to slip into old patterns. What does Nikki say? Self-defeating, self-limiting tendencies of the mind. And I started to slip. And so I'm just present to the fact that if I do this work, it works. And I'm a better dad. I'm a better brother. I'm a better son. I'm a better friend. I'm a better human. And I'm present to the planet needs uh, like there's so much work to be done. I'm present to the power that I have. Like I, I, I feel like possibility during all seeing this movement happen, this social justice movement. I feel like there's possibility for us to, well, there's all possibilities, but I feel empowered, man. And I feel closer to, the spiritual side of yoga than I have in a long time, like being able to really dive deep into studying and then trying to practice and become these genes. I want to be like Dolly. He said, I don't do drugs. I am drugs. So I don't want to do <laughs> yoga. I want to become yoga. I want you yoga are the medicine. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I think that's, that's wonderful insight and reflection for those who also feel empowered from 
integrating their practice and applying it to be a better human being on this planet and all the roles that we get to play, right? And then also maybe for those who are seeking more empowerment, there's that inspiration and just reminder of like, right, I just got to get on the mat and do my practice and go see my teacher and, you know, read that one sutra in a day and see what the takeaway is, right? I love that. That's, that's a beautiful, I love that question. Like what's most alive for you? Cause you could take it any which way. So that's a beautiful download, Ryan. I love it. Yeah, well, man, you, you know, I got, I got one more question for you, brother. What's a golden nugget? What's a golden nugget that you would love to offer to those who are listening to this electronic download in their hearts and their ears, wherever they are along this wild path of human life in 2020? One golden nugget. Let me feel for a second. No, that's good. Okay, a yeah. golden nugget. I feel like there's this, you know, the first Yoga Sutra book I got that I connected with, I'm sure I had a couple of versions, but was Barbara Stott Miller's and it it's it's Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, but it says yoga, a discipline of freedom. So the it's if you're like me, it's hard. It was it's hard for me when I'm in the groove, it's harder not to do yoga than to do yoga. That's good when you're in the groove. But when you're out of the groove, sometimes it's hard to for me to discipline myself. So I would just be like, there's a roomy poem that called the sunrise of ruby where the lover and beloved awake and take a drink of water he asked do you love you do you love me or yourself more really tell the absolute truth she says there's nothing left of me i'm like a ruby held up the sunrise and goes on and then he says the roomy says be courageous and discipline yourself so i like I feel like the the way into yoga is you do it every day and be faithful to it and give yourself to it and and she she or it will cert, like will give you what you need if you go with reverence and with discipline and with devotion and humility and just make yourself for me it's like make myself available to yoga and do yoga don't just teach it but actually practice it and try to ingrain it so if i do it for three hours a day with slow deep breathing my vibration is more calm like i used to just power through man and but now i kind of want the vibration smooth so the nugget would be discipline yourself get on your mat and then eventually it's not then it's like you're disciplining yourself all the time oh no i'm not gonna let my tongue talk smack about this person i'm not going to um, let my tongue, it's like control your control, discipline, control the tongue, tap us. I'm not going to eat that third donut today, you know? I haven't had any donuts today, but sometimes I do. Discipline. Mm. I don't know. Discipline. That's a beautiful nugget, man. The discipline of tapas and discipline is freedom. I, I, I love that. I think that's a profound reminder. 
for yeah, all of thanks, us. But... Yeah. Well, Ryan, one yoga. So grateful for you and your devotion and your practice and just who you are in the world, man, doing big things on the planet and sharing from your big, beautiful heart. And uh, I am so grateful for the time to share just a sweet conversation on Yoga Revealed today, man. Well, what a gift to be able to spend an hour with you. Appreciate you, brother. Awesome. All right. Well, namaste, my friends. We'll talk to you soon. Namaste, y'all. Yoga Revealed, thank you so much for tuning in today. This is Alec Michelle Rubin coming live to you from the heart. It is my honor and privilege to co-host this podcast with Andrew Seely, and we are so excited about the new teachers that we are interviewing for you. Andrew and I are working on a program called 100 Days of Yoga, something that will assist you with practical application of creating an at-home yoga practice. Look out for that in the new year. And you can find more information about Ryan and his offerings by following him on Instagram at Ryan Lear. That's R-Y-A-N-L-E-I-E-R. And you can also check out his website at oneyoga.ca. Also, be sure to follow Yoga Revealed on Instagram and myself, Alec Love Life Yoga. We are so grateful for the support that you give Yoga Revealed, as this is a passion project from our heart for yours. Please share this episode and tag us on Instagram. And until next time, my friends, practice on and love life. Namaste. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 